And that's as much as I can play without having to owe royalties. Hello, this is your host, co-host, I should say, Adam Danger. And I'm joined along with my brother, Joshy Numbers. Joshua, say hello. Hey, hey. And this is our new show called Taking a Blitz, where we talk about all things uh, real and unreal about the state of football in the United States of America. Uh, so glad you could be listening to us, folks. Uh, I want to say a shout out to the Tank Rodriguez Podcast Network. Uh, we're trying a few things out here in our current situation. Uh, we found ourselves with a lot of time on our hands um, and a lot of ideas and a way to voice them out. So we're just glad that you're along for the ride. Glad you're listening to us today. Uh, let us know if you like this. If you don't like it, you don't have to do anything. Just You can stop listening and that's fine. But if you do like it and you want to hear more of Take It a Blitz, go ahead and subscribe and leave a comment. Uh, here on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, numbers. If they hate listen, if they hate listen, that's still numbers for us. So, yeah, I mean that's what Howard Stern does, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean that's why I listen. You hate listen to Howard Stern. I I hate listen to Howard Stern like half the time. Like when he's going on his like old man like tirades of what he doesn't like, I hate listen. But when he has people that actually want to listen to that he's interviewing um those are fine but yeah i would say it's like a, a good 50 50 i always like listening to when robin's like yeah come on howard what's going on oh god yeah robin's <laughs> like the worst co-host and i love if, it she's like I, she's super supportive if if i end up turning into the robin of this podcast like you you guys let me know and we'll we'll find a replacement for me we'll finish it off uh but yeah again take it a blitz uh again a kind of a cheeky kooky look towards football uh now josh numbers tell us what you've been up to so far um so i've been working from home for the past week and uh my my girlfriend shout out to my girlfriend Rochelle she bought a Nintendo Switch for uh, for her daughter but I've probably occupied about 80% of the time with a Nintendo Switch playing Animal Crossing and uh, if you haven't played Animal Crossing there's really no point to the game and I think that's why it's amazing um, there's just little dumb random tasks to do and it's amazing and it calms me down after stressful days at the office but now out of the office so the home yeah. office the home office oh boy i didn't tell you this earlier but um shout out to james dean uh we were at the regular office before we started working from home and we had one of those moments where we realized like we were past the threshold uh it took me 45 minutes to sign into a playstation 4 Oh God! Like, what, did you just have to create a whole nother account, or were you just like? Apparently, I already had an account because when I put my email in there, it was like, "Oh, you already have an account." So then I had to like change the password. Do you know how many steps it takes just to start playing a video game on PlayStation Four or Xbox One? Like, it it you have to have a master's degree to you know go through this thing. So no, no lies. So Rochelle bought me NBA Two K Twenty for the Nintendo Switch. 
And that took about four hours to download, like, the actual game itself, but all the updates. So I was playing with, like, last year's rosters for four hours until I could actually get the online update to, uh, to you know, actually play with this year's rosters. So I didn't have to play with Kawhi Leonard on the Toronto Raptors anymore. I could easily beat him on the L.A. Clippers if I wanted to. Yeah, I mean... I can't believe it takes this long. I might as well play another video game while I'm waiting for these other ones. But again, these are just the uh, the you know uh, urgings of an old man trying to connect with the youth, trying to play video games. I don't understand them, but uh, I guess that's fine. They're not, not made is, for me anymore. Conversations like this are why I hate listening to the Howard Stern shows sometimes. <laughs> yeah, people are turning off right now. They're like, oh, right we're going to give us a chance. But you've not talked anything about football. You've talked about how you don't understand video games, how you don't understand how people watch Twitch as a thing. We brought up an entirely different sport. I brought up the NBA before I even brought up the NFL. Oh, uh, boy. Wait till we get to esports, friends. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, no one's going to listen to that. I mean, we yeah. can't come up with a punny name for esports. I, I mean, I could probably talk NASCAR longer than I could talk esports and. My knowledge of, of NASCAR is extremely limited. Yeah, I mean, look, God bless you. What you do in the privacy of your own home, <laughs> you know, that's a God love them. Uh, one time I was driving a cab and uh, these two esport gamers come in and one calls each other, oh, you bitch, you bitch. And they started happen. busting heads in the back. What you do in the privacy of your own home? Your own home. Uh, those were the uh, words of Wizard. As played by uh, Peter Boyle in the film Taxi Driver. The late, uh, so th- yeah, late great. Uh, moving on to our news and notes, uh, Josh and Numbers. What do we want to start off with today? Uh, let's talk Travis Frederick because I had texted you yesterday, probably uh, about twenty-four hours ago, uh, telling you that he was going to retire, and I honestly didn't see this coming. I mean, he he played very sparingly the past two seasons. Um, so it shouldn't, I probably shouldn't be a shock, but I guess the timing of it is, uh, I, I, I don't know what your thoughts are on it, but I, that's probably a good place to, to go. Yeah. I, I got your text and several other texts that just start off with Travis Frederick. And I, you know, whenever you get texts like that, you, you always worry like, did somebody leave? Is somebody in trouble? Uh, when I saw it though, I was surprised like everybody else. Um, but I did kind of take notice of a signing last week that uh, the Cowboys front office signed Joe Looney. And I thought that was kind of interesting because mm-hmm. they've let some other, you know, priority free agents like uh, Byron Jones leave. And I know that he was going to ask for a lot of money, but I thought of all the players to kind of bring back, uh, even Anthony Brown as a cornerback, I thought, well, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty solid. You need depth. I thought Joe Looney, like I really would have thought they would have let him go and just draft somebody else or bring somebody in. And not that Joe Looney's bad by any stretch of the imagination, but he's okay. He's a he's a run of the mill uh, right. center. And so I have I feel that the Cowboys had to have known that Travis there's uh, it was up in the air with Travis. So that's why they kind of covered themselves to at least bring in Joe Looney. Now does that prohibit them from signing anybody or drafting anybody come April? I don't think so, but it does just kind of give them a little confidence that. We had Joe Looney start uh, center uh, for uh, the season before when when Travis was initially diagnosed with Guillain-Barre syndrome. So I thought, well, that's pretty good. They're, they're doing a good job. Also, I'm, I'm pretty excited. And I don't know. This is, again, as a, as a Cowboys fan, hope springs eternal. So I worry about 
I don't worry, but I get excited for guys like uh, Connor McGovern. Uh, the last coaching staff brought him in saying that he was a blinking red light of talent. They knew he he might be you know, either on the bench or he might kind of uh, option for left guard. Right. But he tore his pec, I believe, in the summertime. And so he just redshirted his, his rookie year. So he could be an option where he just steps in and he could be like a, a Jalen Smith where you wait from a year or so. But he comes in and, and kind of takes that starting job there. So I'd be excited, but I really want to be against a drafting guy either. Yeah, and I mean, people can say what they will about the Dallas Cowboys and how they've spent their money and how they do spend their money. One of the best things that they've done, though, within the past decade, and credit to Stephen Jones, um, is drafting. Um, And there's probably maybe been about a a couple of picks there, you know, first and second rounders that maybe didn't pan out. Uh, But when you look at the history of drafting and just especially linemen, They've been really good on that. Uh, I think the only one that maybe hasn't panned out in the past couple of years was uh, Connor Williams. Uh, for me, like he just gets too many penalties sometimes and makes plays where I'm just like, I don't know what's happening. But um, Travis Frederick, Zach Martin, um, even going back to Tyron Smith. I mean, there's Lyle Collins. Yeah, Lyle Collins. Collins. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, so this team de- definitely has an eye for the O-line. Um, I don't know if you can completely replace what Travis Redrick's done because in my mind, uh, and this just isn't me being a Dallas Cowboys fan, but me being an NFL fan and a guy that loves watching offensive line play, I think Travis Redrick was the best uh, center in the NFL for my money. Um, so losing that is is a huge disadvantage, but also, like you said, having a guy like Hunter McGovern that the coaching staff absolutely loved and that they were able to go ahead and uh, retain coming in. Um, that, you know, that speaks volumes. And then also, like you mentioned, Joe Looney, uh, he played good last year. He didn't play great. I don't know. Um, you know, I I think like you, they probably had an idea that this situation was going to go down. So why not just go ahead and keep somebody in house that's familiar with all the players and all the plays, but, um, Joe Looney's fine. He's, he's serviceable. Um, and, and I'm not opposed to again, drafting like you are. Uh, I, I, I think, you know, this is probably going to be a pretty deep draft as far as offensive linemen go. So even if you have to switch up a couple of guys on the line um, and kind of get your footing in the preseason or, or even in training camp, uh, there's definitely room to go ahead and do that. And, and that's where having somebody uh, like Dak as a mobile quarterback, that's going to help too, because if this line takes a couple of weeks to actually, you know, progress and and get to where they need to be at least to have somebody like Dak that's just not going to stand around and take a bunch of sacks he can go out and make plays on his legs and then of course you have arguably the best running back in the NFL uh, Zeke Elliott that can go ahead and make plays but um, I'm sad but I'm also intrigued to see how this goes um, not only with free agency but also with the draft yeah I think you're right and one thing I think maybe an upshot could be is that you do have a brand new coaching staff here so uh, they have the ability to say, this is what I want. I mean, they've in- inherited a lot of players that, you know, it's year one. So they're like, oh, yeah, this guy's great. And by next year, they'll be like, no, I, I really prefer this player here. So I think having an, an opportunity at center, maybe they can say, well, I'd rather have this guy. I'd rather maybe sign this guy over drafting. And he would much rather, you know, he'd work better on our uh, offensive line unit here. Um, and also, you know, speaking to Connor Williams, I think he's more of a, tackle i don't think he's a guard so to say uh there i haven't seen if 
Ron Leary has signed anywhere yet, but I wouldn't really be mad if they brought him back at left guard. I think he's pretty he was he was really strong in our, our unit here. I think he plays really well with Tyron Smith. Uh, I think left guard uh, has been kind of a weak spot for us past couple weeks. since Ron Leary left. You know, it's been right. okay, but it hasn't been great. And guys like Xavier Suafilo, I I saw signed somewhere else, maybe in Cincinnati, but he's not here anymore. So, uh, you know, there's the left. I think the left guards open up for business in terms of uh, either bringing somebody in. Uh, and I think had Travis Frederick stayed, you would probably see more uh, light on their spotlight there to maybe see if there's a competition for that spot. But yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, he was a smart guy too. Travis, or he is a smart guy. Travis Frederick's a very smart player. He was also very helpful to Dak in terms of pointing out uh, def- defenses and what was going to happen and kind of pointing out weak spots to uh, to kind of get the line in motion. So he's definitely going to be missed. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you too. That he, pound for pound, he was one of the he was the best center in the league. I'd say from like 2014 to to you know, 2017 or whatever you know he got diagnosed. Uh, yeah, he was he was the best center in the league, and and there was no one. Uh, yeah, there were some people around him, but he was the best. So we wish him well. Hope he's doing well. He's gonna be with his family. Takes care of himself. You know, this is a and this is a disease. It's not like he can just get away from it. It's just something he's gonna have to manage and handle for the rest of his life. So, you know, you kind of wish him the best there. But uh, other other Cowboys news and notes. Uh, have you seen that you want to bring up? Uh, no, uh, but just piggybacking off of Ron Leary, he is a free agent still. So, um, hey, Ron Leary, you know, you up? <laughs> yeah, what else is he doing? I think he, all those guys still have houses in Dallas, I think, just for the Dallas state tax. So it's just cheaper to have a home here. But, you know, what else is he doing? What else are we doing? Like, you know, you're not, you know, you're no longer married to anybody, really. Uh, hell, we're not even married to our quarterback. He's on a franchise tag. So, uh, you know, I think it's all it's all kind of up in the air. You could bring the best talent in and just see who who comes in. Um, you know, looking at we brought in Amari Cooper, brought him back and signed him to a very hefty contract. But I think I really want to see what he does under Mike McCarthy and, and what Kellen Moore can draw up. Uh, yeah, I really think that, that the, uh, the offense has some uh, particulars and, and some interesting points that they can kind of play with. Uh, did we? I think we brought back Jamez Olawale, which was kind of interesting. Yeah, at fullback. Uh, but I can see Kellen Moore using him as a little more of a H back or throwing to him in the flat or just kind of doing something interesting, at least once a game to keep uh, teams honest. Uh, they kind of moved over to the defensive side. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of holes there. We did sign some bridge players like uh, Joe uh-huh. McCoy. Aha! Uh-huh. Yeah, um, and there's still ongoing negotiations with Dontari Poe. I texted you earlier this week, oh, maybe oh. it was late last week, um, that we were on the verge of signing Dontari Poe, and we haven't. There's still stuff to work out, but at this point, I'd be surprised if we let him go. But I do, I do like the you know signings to our kind of front four with Gerald McCoy and, and Dontari Poe. Um, I would have liked to have kept Robert Quinn, but... He played so good last year on on just a one year deal that, uh, well, what was this, was essentially a one year deal that he was going to command big money in free agency, and we just didn't have that, uh, especially giving money to Amari Cooper and most likely Dak, uh, you know, coming soon. Um, but I I do like those two signings, uh, and then Haha Clinton Dix 
It is just a guy that I've loved ever since he was in college. I wanted him when he uh, uh, when he hit the NFL draft, and now he's a guy that I feel like um, he could be like maybe a Robert Quinn this year, where he's on a, a short term deal where you know uh, high risk, uh, high reward. Well, low risk, high reward, but. Uh, you know, if he plays out of his mind, he could probably play himself in, into another good contract. I mean, the guy's not even 30 yet, um, and he could be a guy that, you know, either we can sign for a long term or he can find money elsewhere next season. But he's definitely on a prove-it deal uh, this year. But I'm really excited about that. I, I think he's, he's really good. He's going to be really good in that secondary. Um, and I think him having some, uh, you know, some kind of relationship with Mike McCarthy is probably definitely going to help him get him back to that Pro Bowl level that, you know, he should he should consistently be playing at. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm really excited for Jim Tom Sula. Jim Tom Sula looks like one of those dads that you don't want to show a bad report card to. Uh, he looks like Carl from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Oh, uh, you know, uh, hold on, I used to do my yeah, meat man. How you doing there? Oh, he's the You better go up the middle and oh, uh, you better. Well, that's more of my, I guess, like either Mick Vicker. That, that's, that's definitely Mick Vicker. Oh, Beavis a butthead. Oh, I walk around these halls and I see you. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Taco Charlton, you're expelled. <laughs> oh, boy, talk about a bad draft. Well, and, you know, I think he's okay. He's, he's an okay player. Here's what I think, you know, I think I've had this revelation lately. And maybe it's just a good, like, scapegoat. But I feel like when the Cowboys draft poorly or they make kind of uh, quizzical choices. It usually always kind of fell back on like, well, Rod Marinelli really liked him. Rod Marinelli really liked the attributes of, you know, said defensive player. And they were okay, but there was always better players elsewhere that they were just like, nah, we don't need that. Juan Thornhill, no thank you. you I, know, I'm, uh, I'm really going to miss Rod Marinelli on the sideline, just, just FYI. I, I love Rod yeah. Marinelli. I mean, he's He's one of two coaches to lead a team to an 0-16 record, but God bless Rod Marinelli, and, and you do whatever you can with that uh, that patchwork Raiders defensive line this year because they're going to be bad. Well, I do love how the Raiders, John Gruden's leading the charge to like take them back to 1998. Uh, that team's going to be unwatchable, and uh, they're just going to get burned. Like People are going to throw up 35 points nightly on them because they're just going to be playing, you know, uh, prevent defense in Tampa too. They they also uh, their number one tight end is um, off the scrap heap from our roster. <laughs> uh, apologies yeah. to you, Jason Witten, but uh, man, Jason Witten was not good last year. And um, for the Raiders to throw any kind of money at him, um, just very questionable. That yeah, that team uh, is definitely going to be really bad next year, but. I'm not even entirely. So you're sure saying the Chiefs don't have anything to worry about in that division? I'm saying that that may be the the Chiefs will finish no worse than two and fourteen next year because I think the Raiders are that bad. Yeah, you heard the it first. Raiders. The Raiders. The autumn wind is a Raider. I mean, do you think they're still going to run those little like dun 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 uh, those old the, the, uh, songs? I, they move hope, to Vegas? I mean, I hope so, because that's that's going to be kind of the only uh, semblance of winning and like tradition that they're going to have moving to uh, Las Vegas. I mean, out, 
well, I guess you have Mark Davis and his beautiful hair, but um, <laughs> yeah, that's, I'm just intrigued to see how that's going to go next year because that is a bad football team uh, and moving to another yeah. city. It's just going to be, it's going to be fun to watch. Well, spoiler alert. We're going to talk about Stan Newton. Uh, could Cam go to the Las Vegas Raiders and play a little bit? I, I, I certainly think he's an option, um, although that would mean one of two things. Uh, that means that you're either paying Marcus Mariota to oh, I forgot backup, there. Um, or you still intend on releasing David Carr. Uh, I mean, not David Carr, Derek Carr. Um, Derek Carr, who I think has gotten too much blame for how bad the Raiders are. I, I think he's a competent quarterback, um, but I think he probably needs to go elsewhere. Um, Cam would definitely be very interesting in uh, Las Vegas, but that offensive line is just really bad in Oakland. Um, and Cam would get beat up there. Uh, just I don't I don't want him to go there. I I like Cam. I like him as a person. I like him as a player. Dear God, keep him out of the Raiders because <laughs> that that is uh, him and John Gruden. That's just that's awful. I don't even want to think about that. Poor old Cam. So since I brought it up, I spilled the beans here. Uh, you texted me that uh, the Panthers have released Cam Newton, and uh, and now he's looking for a home. He's on the market right now. What are some likely destinations you think? Oh, I mean that's honestly a good question. Um, I probably would have had better answers for you last week, but even some of these teams that had quarterback problems kind of found short term. Uh, kind of short-term stop gaps. Uh, you look at a team like the Bears, they traded for Nick Foles and his massive, just ugly contract. And if you're the Bears, like you got to be thinking, why did you trade for Nick Foles? Like, you literally could have had Cam Newton a week later, um, who was definitely an upgrade over Mitch Trubisky. Um, you got Nick Foles, but I don't know if Nick Foles necessarily is an upgrade over Trubisky. I think those guys are probably neck and neck, and that's definitely a... Uh, you're going to have a quarterback controversy there. Um, I mean, it's just Miami, maybe. Um, but if Yeah, Miami, I was just thinking that. If you're Miami, though, I mean, you really kind of tanked the past two seasons. Um, are you going to sign Cam Newton with the intention of being competitive next year? Or are you going to, you know, trust the process and, and get somebody in a draft? You know, this is, uh, it could be one of the better quarterback drafts uh, in, in the past couple of years. Um and you've kind of worked towards that. So do you get somebody there or, or do you just kind of um, hold out and, and get Cam and try to compete? Because if you're the Dolphins, the thing with the Dolphins is they don't have New England to worry about anymore. That division is wide open, um, depending on who New England gets as their quarterback. And that can be a likely Cam destination. Um, yeah, like the, Bills, the Bills are probably the best team in that division. They're good. They were good last year. They're not great, but... Um, I mean, that's the cream of the crop in that division. I think the Jets will probably be a little bit improved, but that's just a little bit of a New York. You always probably. say the Jets. I can I can see the text from Johnny V right now. Your brother's talking about the Jets again. But I think it's I, just you and Fireman Ed are the Jets fans. I, I don't know if Fireman Ed is allowed to go back to the games anymore. I, uh, I, I think he fell out of favor with all the Jets fans. But yeah, I mean, definitely. How, how like dare the they? He's a hero. Hey, you know, he's he showed up for, for better or for worse. He showed up for those Chad Pennington seasons and that one. Look, Brett he was Mars a fireman season. during, you know, 
God bless my fireman during the 9-11, and he was a Jets fan during that same time. I mean, this poor guy, he deserves a break, is all I'm saying. Hey, to, to be fair, though, I mean, the Jets back in 01, they had Vinny Testaverde. Vinny Test, former Cowboys quarterback Vinny Testaverde, I, I should add. But yeah, he's a great. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think I think Cam, I would like to see him maybe in Miami. Uh, you can sign him. He's not going to get a huge contract. You're just going to sign him there, and then if you get Tua, then all right, you know, we'll play Cam, and if he's so-so, then we're going to bring in Tua. You know, you see it all the time with guys like uh, where you get a guy like Kyler Murray, and like, oh, no, we're just going to wait until, oh, no, no, we're going to play him now. It's, it's good. We're going to do it now. And then you could just cut ties and let Cam. If I'm Cam, maybe I just wait. Maybe I just rehab. Maybe I just work out. And then you get to, let's say, October, and some team's going to have, you know, a quarterback issue, and then they'll they'll bring him in. You know, they'll bring him in and say, yeah. Prob- probably Washington having a quarterback issue. Washington. Well, they're deplorable so you know it is the washington uh slurs uh but yeah no i'm, I'm pretty excited to see you know what cam newton does I, I still think he has a lot in the tank i don't think he's he's the player that came out of auburn what almost 10 years ago right uh, but he's a big guy i think he's pretty competent under under center uh let's not forget he did go to the super bowl so i think think maybe it, it's just best serves just to work out over the summer Stay fit, have your agent fielding calls, and then just wait until again that what's going to happen is you know a third of the quarterbacks are going to get hurt. Or I, I, and I just out. think he hasn't he hasn't been healthy the past couple of years, really since that Super Bowl season. So I mean, if he takes a little bit and gets his mind right and, and gets healthy, I mean, I would take a healthy Cam Newton over at least half the starting quarterbacks in the NFL. And, and you got to look at other teams like. Pittsburgh. I mean, when Roethlisberger got hurt last year, uh, what if he's there on a one-year deal? You know, that that would be fun. Um, yeah. And also, you know, we, we talked about uh, maybe the Raiders. Um, and as much as you and I don't like Washington, I mean, I think that could be a real scenario. I don't I don't know if they're necessarily married to Dwayne Haskins. I, I liked Dwayne Haskins in college, but I wasn't impressed with anything that he did last year. Um, and a lot of that probably goes to the Washington coaching staff and um, the lack of talent that they have there, but uh, I well, I they have scary think, Terry. Yeah, I, I, and, and I love scary Terry. And but I, that's it. it. But but that's it. And, and he was the guy that killed the Cowboys last year. But um, but yeah, I mean, it, it almost kind of seems like Washington would be perfect to throw him like a horrible contract, and Cam just the goes Albert Haynes deal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and sweetheart just, deal doesn't play well or maybe plays well for a couple of years and then breaks down, you know, who knows? Uh, if I'm Carolina, I mean, you had to have released him for a reason, right? I mean, this guy, we're talking a couple of years ago, they go 15 and one to go to the Super Bowl and unfortunately lose to like one of the best defenses of all time. But um, I mean, we were looking at a guy that was like, could this be the next face of the league when, you know, Tom dies down a little bit or, or, or anything like that. But you know, maybe it is a matter of him being healthy. Maybe it is Carolina saying, like, no, we definitely know something else. Um, and that's why we would probably want to take our chances on Teddy Bridgewater, another guy that oh, uh, just a couple of years ago came off of an injury. It's it's weird to me, but I don't know. Maybe there's something bigger to Cam being released. I mean, how do you let a guy with that much talent go? Um, and, I mean, gun to your head, who would you choose? Would you choose... Teddy Bridgewater or Cam Newton? I would probably still go with Cam Newton. That's just me, though. Yeah, it can also be uh, an economic thing. Hey, if they cut him now, 
they can spread out his money over a couple of years, start over. You have a brand new coach who is another uh, college offensive guru and Matt Rule. So, and that's and know. that's one thing that I didn't even bring up with Washington. You'd be reunited with Ron Rivera. Uh, both those guys love each other. I mean, they had a great coach uh, quarterback relationship. I mean, does that make just too much sense, or or am I just thinking too much about this? No, I think I feel like. Yeah, I think it'd be a good stopgap. I think it would definitely work if you brought him in. But then if, and again, this is like a sane person taking an approach to Washington, but you want to think to yourself, well, are we done with Dwayne Haskins? Do we want to give him a shot? Or do we want to bring in like another pretty competent veteran that he's going to have to compete with and he's going to have to worry about his spot? And so like if you're Washington and you believe in uh, Dwayne Haskins, you got to bring in someone like um uh, you know, just another backup, a journeyman backup that says, hey, I'm just going to come in, you know, what John Kitna used to be or something. Like, I'm just going to come in and play if you need me. Uh, I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader. Let's go. But if you got a guy that's like, no, I deserve to play, then you're all, all you're doing is is starting a toxic quarterback controversy that didn't have to be there. But then again, this is Washington, so they could do that. And it'd be surprised when it breaks down. I mean, they, they also have Alex Smith on their QB depth chart, so Maybe we see him come back. I know Alex Smith is a is a guy that you and I have both liked. Unfortunately, he's pay, played for two franchises that you and I both hate. But, um, I mean, we'll see. But, I mean, best of luck to Cam. Uh, one of the best college players that I think you and I have ever watched. Uh, and then definitely what he did with the Panthers to go 15-1 and one and lose in that Super Bowl, unfortunately. Um, just an awesome season, like one of the best seasons that I've ever seen from a player um, that was eclipsed this past year from Lamar Jackson, but I won't get into that. Um, but yeah, Cam, Cam, uh, Cam to the Dolphins, uh, let's do it. Why not? Why the hell not? Yeah, let's have fun. What else are we doing? All right, moving on to our third subject of the evening, the NFL draft. Uh, given the parlance of our times and the COVID-19 that is a looming specter around all things uh, in this country, but if we're, with respect to our conversation today, sports, uh, what do we think is going to happen with the draft? Or is it just going to be held in the New York and they just, maybe you do just a little, uh, you know, a little ticker that says, all right, the, uh, the New York Jets select, you know, like I don't even know if you want to have people announcing it. Do you just like email your, what's going to happen here? I mean, that's that's a good question. Uh, I read something earlier that was saying how it's not going to be in Vegas, so they're going to do it TV only. It is going to go on for that last week in April. Um, hopefully, knock on wood. I mean, you know, maybe this pandemic gets better by then. Um, but there's, there's still not going to be fans. Uh, you know, do you have a green room or something? Or, you know, is it just maybe a handful of guys in a studio just – getting the picks in. I, I don't know if you've watched any of like the trade deadline specials with uh, the NBA or, or MLB within the past years, but um, really all they have is just like four people in the studio. And anytime they get news, uh, they go ahead and break it or they'll put somebody like Woj on another screen and Woj will break the news, just kind of all of that. Uh, and I think that's probably where we're headed for the NFL draft. It kind of sucks because I think you and I can both agree that the NFL draft is one of like the six things that you and I like will immediately get excited for and we'll drop everything to go watch with each other. Um, so it kind of takes a little bit of that 
you know, that little bit of that fun out. But, I mean, if teams are still allowed to draft and kind of make deals, uh, all you're missing is just the, you know, interviews. And, and that's fine. Although, you know, if you're sick and twisted like me, you like seeing the people left over in the green room when there's only like two people left, but you're entering the second or third round. Eating stale sandwiches, just looking at their phone, just like, now nah, I'm going to be good. Or their coach calls them, like, just keep your head up, son. Yeah, I, that's like, it's hilarious. Like, take that, Aaron Rodgers. Um, you're going to be drafted in the mid 20s. And oh, no, you're going to become the best uh, quarterback of your generation, arguably. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's still up in the air. We're probably still going to see it on TV. I would doubt that Roger Goodell is going to change the date for the draft at all. I think we're just probably going to have uh, several hours of just four people on TV at a time. You know, your Ed Werders, your Chris Mortensen's breaking news, your Todd McShay's telling you, oh, you know, this guy's good. He's got a he's got a ceiling. And God, I miss John Gruden. I miss John Gruden being like, yeah, this guy right here is hungry for a sandwich. Now I'm hungry. Um, hey, look, yeah. Take a look at him. Take a look at him. Uh, he's he's great. A hoagie. Um, one thing I think that the NFL, they probably should just wait. If, if I were them, I'd wait because this is a huge ratings grabber. I mean, you and me and you know, a lot of, of football fans will watch at least day one of the draft. And that is huge ratings for ESPN or whoever shows it. And so if you're if you can't even have people in a studio at this time due to social distancing and you're just going to, I mean, all you can really do is say, okay, you know, the Cowboys and their pick, here's this, the Bengals have traded. I mean, you might as well watch like C-SPAN, right? You might as well watch something where everything is just almost parliamentary at that time. And you miss the ratings. Like that's, that's a huge ratings, uh, you know, boon that you're just kind of squandering by just kind of, you know, doing half-assed. So if I were the if I were the NFL, I would wait until you can actually do it properly. And if that means that it kind of cuts into, you know, uh, the summer, that I'm okay with it because the teams can pick a player, fly them out, start working them out, get them ready. I think rookies often suffer a lot by working out a little bit and then having the summer off, then coming back and they haven't been working out. They're not in shape. They get hurt. Uh, and then, you know, you're kind of talking about, well, this hopefully next year, hopefully they get them back by week 10 or week 11. Uh, so, yeah, I think I would think it would work for all parties, considering if you just wait. I mean, everyone else is waiting. It might cost a little bit of money, but it's going to cost a lot of money if you just do kind of half ass. Because at that point, why don't I just, you know, get an ESPN I, alert on my phone? I, I think also a good reason to wait, too, would be. This is a very good draft class. This is going to be one of the better draft classes that we've had in the past years if everything pans out. And you have a guy like Joe Burrow who, um, if it all works out, he could definitely be in the running for, you know, one of the faces of the league in, in a couple of years. Um, I, I think he's just a, he's a top-notch guy. I, don't, I, I can't remember maybe any quarterback within the past couple of years that's come out with the same kind of pedigree and just aura like joe burrow has um i can tell you one cam newton there you go <laughs> i mean bringing it all back but <laughs> i i mean even you know looking like looking at like pat mahomes and lamar jackson i mean the guys that have dominated the past two years you know uh, mahomes a, a mid-round guy lamar jackson didn't get drafted until 32 um you know those guys really weren't as highly touted as joe burrow is um but yeah, Joe Burrow. I, but yeah, probably since Cam. I mean, if we're looking back, if we're uh, 
Heisman, and then winning the the national football championship against uh, was it Oregon. Yeah, it, it, uh, no. Uh, well, this year it was uh, uh, Clemson and uh, and and LSU. But well, no, no. I'm saying when Cam uh, won, when Cam oh, won. Oh, when, when Cam won. Yeah, when when Cam beat 11. Oregon. But I mean, even when like I remember a guy like Jameis Winston when he came out the year after he had won everything. You know, there was still like, is is it going to be him or Mariota? Now we know the answer is neither. Like they're both bad. But uh, but yeah, Joe Burrow he just and. Especially if you have another guy like Tua also. Like last year, we were talking about Tua is probably going to be the consensus number one guy. Um, has a little bit of bad luck, but, you know, if it weren't for Joe Burrow, we're probably still talking about Tua being the number one guy. But these are two, like, sh- in my mind, surefire guys. Um, I hope I don't eat my words, but I think that's too much talent to kind of leave on the table to just have it as... Uh, a four-man studio show with some special guests here and there. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to see what happens. Let me ask you this, though. Do you think that uh, Bill Belichick is aware about the COVID-19 coronavirus uh, pandemic that we're experiencing right now, or is he just bunkered down watching tape? Oh, he's he's definitely watching tape of, like, Brian Hoyer. He's just, he's watching tape of Brian Hoyer and eating, like, egg salad sandwiches and hunkered down. And right. probably hasn't probably hasn't seen the sun since like January since they lost to the Titans. Um, yeah, just there's there's a handful of guys like like Belichick and Nick Saban that they probably just don't care. They just want to be grinding and watching tape the entire time. I, I can just see like Bill just ignoring all of his texts on his phone and sitting eating like egg salad sandwiches and his cutoff hoodie watching tape of ryan Tannehill from last year i'm sure he's watching tape of like army's incredible run in like 1943 right when they had all the talent in the world he's like look what they're doing over there they're really uh, far ahead yeah of he's gonna there. find some like he's gonna find some like bullshit play that he'll just put in next year with whatever undersized wide receiver and like weird ass quarterback that he's gonna have in the lineup just so he can piss people off uh who's more likely a patriot Cam Newton or James Winston? Uh, probably Cam. I don't. I, I don't know if there's a market for James Winston. I. I just. I don't know, man. I. Even if even if I were a bad team, I don't know if I would kick the tires on James Winston. Yeah, I don't know. The, I'd say the Broncos. They can see what you know. They can see what he's doing. What else is John Elway up to? He's. Is, is James Winston tall enough to be on the Broncos? That's my question. Uh, that's true. No, nah, but he has a huge arm. I'd like to see him just kind of air it out. Uh, oh, well, what about the Chargers? What are they up to? What have they got in the pipeline? Uh, they have nobody. Um, I mean, that, that could be a good destination, especially if you want to go ahead and sell uh, personal seat licenses to that new stadium they're going to open up with the, uh, with the Rams. I mean, what better way to do it than to have like a big splash quarterback signing, uh, kind of a team that i overlooked earlier but i think everybody overlooks the chargers even their own fans that's why they keep moving from place to place but um i mean that, a little vagabonds yeah no it, it truly is but that would be kind of a fun destination um that's you know again i think the chiefs are going to own that division but you know that's going to be a fun spot for second place i mean if you're cam and you're with that chargers roster um, you got a guy like Keenan Allen, who's one of the best pure wideouts in the NFL. Um, 
you know, that can get you to 10 games. I mean, this is a playoff team, not this previous year, but the year before. But, you know, you got to think a guy like Cam is definitely an upgrade over what Philip Rivers was last year. Philip Rivers was terrible last year. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Well, Josh numbers, when I look at that clock, it's about that time. Sounds like uh, sounds like we're wrapping everything up here. Uh, any last words, any final mentions before we close out for today? Yeah. Um, dear God, Dan Snyder, just please don't get Cam Newton. Please don't sell you the name of Scam Newton. Uh, yes, well, I'm glad. Thank you for those parting words. I also want to say, once again, if you like this show, this is a pilot. It was a little messy. It was a lot of fun. Uh, but if you want to hear some more of this, Again, please like and subscribe to the Tank Rodriguez Podcast Network on Spotify and iTunes. Also, be sure to check out the rest of our Hullabaloo with Stable of Studs, a wrestling podcast, or wrestling, R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. That's a good one. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, check out Going Commando, uh, hosted by uh, the impresario himself, Tank Rodriguez, as well as Dirty Derek and James Dean. We also have The Relatio. Uh, I'm calling it the relatio because it sounds funny that way. But it's a relationship podcast about dating in the modern world. Oh, yeah. We're oh, yeah. some zazz there. And also, be sure to check out Texas Podcast Massacre for any fans of the horror milieu. Uh, again, thank you so much for listening. Uh, like, subscribe, let us know what you like, and uh, we're going to get out of here. Thank you so much for listening, and goodbye. Bye, everybody. Ooh.